Lincoln J bringing you a very special episode of Andrew Says as a guest host, filling in for our friend Andrew this week. Today, we're going to be joined by a familiar face of Rebel News, Sean Zimmer. I have reported on Sean a couple of times, including in Winnipeg, regarding him being fined by the police for running his backyard fitness classes. And we also met up during the truckers convoy in Ottawa, where he actually had his bank account frozen. Stay tuned because this is going to be a good episode. Without further ado, let me introduce you to Sean the Viking Zimmer. I'm Sean Zimmer. Some people call me the Viking. I'm a father, an individual who speaks from his heart, his truth, authentic, and raw. So ask me anything you want, brother. It's good to see you again in chat. So we, Sean, we first crossed paths in Winnipeg where you live. And it was because I saw a video, it was going viral at the time of you having, let's say, some interesting interactions with the local law enforcement in your area. Uh, you were running a, a fitness class, a boot camp out of your backyard at the time. You know, we were going through lockdowns. Um, you know, we were dealing with COVID restrictions at, almost at the peak at that time, I believe. And you decided, I'm going to open up a, uh, you know, I'm going to start running fitness classes out of my backyard and just provide that to the community. And ultimately the police ended up visiting you. Can you just tell people, um, we'll get into the police interactions uh, shortly, but why did you first start doing the fitness classes in your backyard? I first started doing them in my backyard because I knew people, one needed a space to come together and help them feel sane with everything going on in the world and have a place they could connect with like-minded individuals who weren't just going along to get along. And secondly, to be a shining light, a lighthouse in a way where I could inspire people to open their doors and not listen to this tyrannical rule that was being put upon us. So uh, we have a clip actually from the first time that we met and I reported on you. We're going to run that clip right now so people can see what exactly you were doing at the time. So I guess to start things off, can you just give us a little bit of a background on what actually takes place here? What are you running? What's organized here? Yeah, absolutely. So my name's Sean Zimmer. And what we're doing here is taking a public stand against a tyrannical rule that we're seeing across Canada, specifically Winnipeg, where we're at right now. So I've opened a boot camp in this backyard. We've got a few individuals. So we're taking a stand saying, all this is right. I'm helping people come together and have a voice and show that there's people they can connect with that feel the same as that. Because I know it's more so people not scared of the virus. They're scared of the ridicule or scared of the fines from just opening instead of waiting until they're allowed to open. So here we're free men and women taking a stand, showing you that you can do the same. So the police, as you'll see in the videos, are pretty ashamed of what they're doing. You know, they say they're just doing their job. They come right here on the fence. We're not doing this in a private location. My house is next to one of the busiest streets here. And they come here and they gave me three fines so far, $1,300, $1,300 and $2,600. And they just stick it right in the fence and they get their butts out of here as quick as they can. They won't even give me their names. They say it's for going against public health orders. Because originally when I started this, you weren't allowed to gather more, more than one person, then five people, and then 10 people now. For me, if you tell me I can gather with 10,000 people, I want 10,000 what? You don't tell me how many people we can gather with here. So the police interaction was pretty embarrassing on their part. I'm gonna be honest with that, yeah. 
This story is is very interesting. It's my it's I, it's my second most viewed video uh, that I've done with Rebel News. A lot of people were very interested in this story. Now, the police gave you ultimately gave you at least we see in that video that they gave you three fines for running these boot camps in your backyard. Can you kind of break it down for people? what it was like when the police first started approaching uh, your property and, and what what that experience was like as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. And no, I can't even tell you how many fines we're at now. I haven't been paying attention. Um, all those fines I just wrote, I'm not in contract with you and sent them back. Those interactions, um, you know, at, at first were definitely Putting pressure on. I knew it was going to come though uh, when I made that uh, statement that we were going to offer free boot camps in the face of what was being told that we can't do. I knew the police were going to hear about that and come at me as well. So the first couple times I felt the pressure, um, they were definitely trying to scare me into shutting down and listening and, uh, you know, closing my doors and not taking the stand I was. But I knew in my heart what I was doing was right. So I, at the beginning of everything, was pretty angry and told them to F off, uh, you know, put my phone right in their face and put them on blast all over the internet for people to see what was going on. And it didn't take long, actually, until the group of police officers that were um, the unit, I, I was suppose, was put in charge of me, started changing. I think people were pretty embarrassed to come. They didn't want to be blasted all over the internet for the tyrannical rule they're getting behind. So that kept changing with different officers, and they wouldn't share a whole lot of conversation with me um just here you can't do this um government's telling you, you can't uh we don't really have great reason behind it take it up at court if you have a problem with it and uh but i stood my ground you know i put a no trespass sign up and didn't allow them to come on the property didn't listen to them we kept going and kept going and i didn't put a stop to this so i'm happy i uh was able to be that shining light in the community here so it's now been almost two it's almost it's been just over two years now since we first initially met since the police first started hassling you in in your backyard let's fast forward to today are you still running the boot camps uh, what's that like um so now things have opened back up uh people have their gym facilities to go to so there wasn't a need for that i only opened the boot camps to provide a place for people to come together as i used to teach fitness classes and boot camps and various other classes I had moved out of that business um, as just outgrown it. So as I said, I only opened it to bring people together. And those two reasons we opened out in the podcast here. Um, so this year now, moving forward, I focus more on children. We've turned the whole backyard into a garden, or I call it a yarden, the whole yard to encourage people to start becoming more self-sustainable, how to grow their own food, teaching classes on that, and uh, really getting the children out together and connecting and having families um, have a place to ground and, and learn how to become more self-sustainable and connect with more like-minded individuals. So we are doing uh, community events still just in a different, uh, in a different way than we were last year. Now, the second time that we met again in Winnipeg was, uh, was through monstrosity burger. Now you actually were, you were the person that reached out to me and made me aware of monstrosity burger, what they were going through. Again, for, for people that aren't aware, just to sum it up very quickly, Monstrosity Burger uh, is a restaurant in Winnipeg and they did not they did not submit to any of the COVID mandates, uh, whether it was uh, mandatory masking, vaccine passports, uh, 
they they were just not having any of it and because of that as i'm sure you can guess from sean's experience they were fined they're almost at a hundred thousand dollars worth of fines now for various infractions for for those mandates that i just listed off there was huge support in the community we that's where we saw each other they were having a the so they ended up closing the restaurant for indoor dining they pulled their liquor license so the only way monstrosity burger was actually able to serve customers was through takeout so the community in winnipeg ended up showing up to monstrosity burger and they basically had a picnic outside uh, i'm going to show uh, a clip from that day Okay, so it's absolutely packed here. People are waiting in line. You have a closure notice for indoor dining, but clearly you're still getting tons of support. Uh, do you want to just tell us what's going on here today? Yeah, we're just having like a get together for everyone to come pick up food and we're gonna have some music outside and just get the community together. And we're just happy to be able to do that. Yeah, there was a bunch of rallies today and it looks like everybody ended up here. And I just wanted to say thank you to everybody that comes. It's um, just an amazing day. How does it feel having this kind of support from everybody? I know you guys have been through quite a bit, $60,000 in fines now. You had your liquor license recently pulled also. With all that going on, how does it feel that all these people have your back? Oh, it's just so amazing to bring the community together. Like we can see that everyone's kind of like on the same page, obviously, and we want freedom for everybody. My heart just is, I don't know what to say. It's just crazy. Yeah, it just feels really good. It got so bad. I mean, my wife and I have been paying our employees and our bills out of our savings, which has dwindled down to pretty much nothing. And we had a negative bank account. So we had to uh, let our staff know that we only have a few more days, which is why we closed last Saturday. And it just came on them all of a sudden. And we hate doing that. And, but we were left with no choice. We were just hoping that something would happen to keep us open for a little bit longer. Uh, so Monstrosity Burger is now closed, and um, we need to take a you know a month off and get our heads straight and kind of figure out our next move. So it's pretty sad watching that, you know. So as you can see, um, you know, almost as you can see, the community there is in full support. Monstrosity Burger. When I first visited them, they were open for indoor dining. They were thriving. They were very busy. They had a lot of community support. And then we have, they have their liquor license pulled. You know, a lot of people, when they go for dining, they, a lot of people, the, the sad reality is that if they know that a restaurant, they can't get a beer or, you know, a glass of wine, a lot of people will just choose to go elsewhere, you know? So that's a huge, that hurts Monstrosity Burger huge there. And now, so we fast forward to, you know, just a few months ago and they've had to ultimately, sh you know, shut temporarily shut their business down. I know you've been a huge supporter of Monstrosity Burger. Um, you've really like tried to shine a light on their business through their tough times. What's it like for you uh, as a member of the Winnipeg community to see these good people, Dave and Paulina Jones, go through this battle and ultimately have to shut down their business because of these mandates? You know, it's definitely tough um, in a few ways. I remember when uh, Dave and Paulina started coming to boot camp, and that was before they decided to take their public stand, and they spoke to me in reference to what I was doing and shared that that's what they wanted to do. And, you know, I was a big part of that journey with them. 
And we definitely came together as a community in a beautiful way to support them. You know, myself, I'm not an individual who goes out to eat. Um, and I did make a point to go out quite often just to bring community together and support. And when everything opened back up, we saw that fall apart. People were happy to go support the businesses that shunned them away for a year and over, which, you know, many people were taken back by how open people were to just go and support those individuals. And for me, you know, I do my best not to judge anybody. Um, my stand is I'm not going to give you my business unless you publicly apologize for what you've done. Then, then I, I'm open to, uh, to go in there, which we haven't seen anybody in the community do that yet. So seeing Monster Burger shut down their doors is tough. But, you know, I'm a man of God, a man of faith, and I truly believe that everything is given to us for the evolution of our consciousness and our path, our journey here. So I do, I do know this mountain that they're facing right now is uh, it has a beautiful view at the top of it. They just have a grueling climb uh, to get to the top. And whether that means, you know, they come into opening up Monstrosity Burger again uh, or in a different way or something completely different, um, I do have that faith. So I'm there for them where I can be. Um, I chat to Paulina and Dave, uh, you know, here or there. We go to the farmer's market actually right down the street from me. And, uh, you know, they, they hold a special place in my heart. And I'm definitely going to be here to support them on whatever vent, uh, venture they take on. I know last time I spoke with Dave and Paulina, they're not like they have hopes of opening it back up. So I guess we just have to keep our fingers crossed and, and see what happens in the future. Now, the third time that we crossed paths was probably one of the crazier times was during the truckers convoy in Ottawa. Now, for again, for people that might not be aware, you know, Winnipeg to Ottawa, it's not, you know, it's a quick flight, but it's not exactly a quick drive. So you made the journey from Winnipeg to Ottawa. Can you just kind of break down uh, your experience, what the journey to Ottawa was like being in Ottawa? And then after we'll get into what happened with um, with your bank account ultimately being frozen and the Emergencies Act being invoked. Yeah, absolutely, Lincoln. Um, the drive there was... Uh Exciting, but grueling at the same time. Um, myself and three other individuals drove out just two days after the initial convoy um, headed out. So we got there on the Monday instead of the Friday, I believe, is when they got there. We drove straight through a uh, whiteout, big blizzard, and uh, I think it was 24 hours straight, or it might have taken us 26 or 27 hours because of the storm. Um, so that definitely uh, threw the sleep cycle off, um, but the excitement uh, getting down there to be boots on the ground, um, you know, just put that off to the side, no problem. Getting to Ottawa, that was the biggest catalyst to me changing and evolving from being a man coming out of a place of anger and instead now changing to be a man that comes out of his heart space, um, you know, experiencing the love, the community, really coming together there, everybody doing what they had to do to make it work, whether that was shoveling snow, bringing food, cooking food, uh, raising funds, you know, smuggling gas in to keep the trucks running in the cold winter days, to keep everybody warm at night. It was life-changing, um, absolutely life-changing. You know, I, I talk often on how I was a man before who didn't like to hug people, and there I was standing with a sign that said free hugs and giving hundreds if not thousands of hugs out every day um, and that evolved into different things i took part of to help out wherever i could so definitely life-changing anybody who was in ottawa knows um that that was a, a game changer you know and shortly 
being there after about a week, I felt I understood, I had a vision what was going to happen, that this was going to end with riot police coming in, and we were to stand in peaceful non-compliance, um, you know, following the suit of Gandhi um, and having the lies the government was portraying about us show um, to all the people around the world that could see it through our social media. And it woke up a lot of people to the corruption within our government. Unfortunately, not everybody, but a lot of people. So that's kind of been in a nutshell, really uh, life-changing and, and as hard as it was not to retaliate with any physical force, we succeeded at that. And I do know um, that that was the right thing to do. And it, it changed a lot. Now, there was, uh, you know, looking back to that whole experience, I was there for the entire time, start to finish. You know, there was so many just crazy moments. There was a lot of positive takeaways, you know, from that whole experience. Seeing Canadians unite like that was really special. But there were some very dark, dark moments down there, really dark. And you were the first person that Rebel News became aware of that actually had their bank account frozen. It was unbelievable that, that you know, it was a coincidence and it was unbelievable that, of course, it's you, you're the person that has their bank account frozen, the first person that we hear of at Rebel News to have their bank account frozen. We're going to just play a small clip from uh, the day that I met you and found out that you had your account frozen. As of today, a bank or other financial service provider will be able to immediately freeze or suspend an account without a court order. So your account was, I'm not sure if you're aware, but there was a, a, a CMA uh, uh, under the Measures Act, uh, they required financial institutions to suspend financial services uh, for accounts with large crowdfunding going through towards the protest. And who is there? Uh, this is the federal government, so uh, Premier Justin Trudeau put out an announcement on Monday. Uh, I encourage you to look into it, but your account was caught up in that. So you guys have not only frozen my account, but suspended my account? We came down here with uh, the Freedom Convoy here in Parliament Hill, Ottawa, and my bank account has gotten frozen. It's crazy to think that the government was actually freezing people's bank accounts. What, what was that like for you? What was that experience like? Um, for me, you know, I saw it as another win. Um, everything I see, all the ridiculousness and things that are being done to wake more people up, shake them, and have them look at just how much the government is overreaching and how much power we've given them or we shouldn't and how they're not here to protect the people. So for me, I, I definitely saw the, the glass is half full with that one. And, um, and, and did my best just to work around it. Um, and, you know, that ended up with my bank account, I think, of 15-plus years uh, being shut down. They never opened it back up. Um, but, again, it, it, it woke up a lot of people and, and really set that fire under a lot of people's asses to take a stand and speak out and say, enough's enough, we need to do something about this. So I looked at it as a good thing, um, and I honestly wasn't that surprised when it happened. It's still frozen now? Uh, <laughs> yeah, they shut that account down. Actually, after about three months, I I was getting pretty uh, pretty upset about it. And I said, "Hey, bank, what, like, what's going on?" I, I wrote to them and finally called them a couple times. Like, you guys got to figure this out. 
And the next day, they just uh, they sent me an uh, informal letter without any uh, conversation other than the fact that, hey, we've closed your bank account uh, down due to um, our, our regulations with the federal government and um, our risk to uh, reward ratio. And that was that. Um, so I've, uh, yeah, I've switched over to a different bank now. And that was a, that was a credit union, um, uh, a Cinnabling credit union. So a lot of people think they were safe with the credit unions. And actually, that was not the case. That was with credit union. It's crazy. We got, we're just uh, running out of time here. So I want to just uh, get two more quick questions in with you. Um, <clears throat> so a lot of people believe that with what we saw with the truckers convoy in Ottawa, they believe that that changed things in Canada. You know, it didn't happen right away, but now we can see that. I know not everything is back to normal. Like we have firefighters here in the city of Toronto who are still off work because they're not vaccinated. You know, there's a lot of people who are still on the on the wrong side of of what we've seen for the past two years. But a lot of things are back to the way they were. Do you think that is because of the truckers convoy? Do you think that the government has just kind of moved on from COVID and they're on to something next? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I definitely think the truckers convoy had a big impact on that, along with everything, you know, all the things that I spoke on, the ridiculousness, all the things that have helped people wake up. Um, originally, I, you know, at the beginning of spring, I thought for sure things going to come hit heavy in fall. Um, and then I started realizing, no, a lot of people are saying enough's enough, even those who got behind um, this, this mess of things at the beginning are like, no more. Um, holy shit. I see what you guys are talking about. So for the last few months, I've been pretty confident. I think um, we're not going to see a push this fall or even maybe for a few years until people lose consciousness again. Uh, there's too much pushback, right? They have to be careful. Um, they, they do have um, their goal they're going for, um, but they, when there's too much pushback, they have to stop, right? And that's where we saw the crumbs, so to say, being handed throughout the pandemic where they opened things a little bit. Even just look at the gas prices, right? Jack them up, rip, drop them down just a little bit, and people start getting, oh, thank, thank you, the gas is down to 160 now. Um, you, you know, just that... Uh, take two steps and one step back, take two steps, one step back. So I think right now, um, the, the real, the real push is, you know, um, the, the climate change, uh, uh, the agenda uh, that's being pushed at schools, um, really encouraging children to, um, you know, make sex changes and, and get on different prescriptions, hormone blockers and whatnot. And, uh, and then obviously coming into a, uh, you know, a digital currency and, uh, having all of the things that come after that. Yeah, so, so a lot of people believe that they're going to now they're done with the COVID mandates. They're going to move into some sort of climate uh, climate mandates. I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, thanks a lot for taking the time, Sean. Now, uh, if people want to find out what you're up to, what you're doing these days, uh, where can they find uh, where can they find your stuff? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Um, I finally got my podcast started up, which is called The Vikings Voice. You can find that on most platforms. And uh, pretty active on Instagram, at least on my stories, sharing what we're doing on a daily basis. And you can find me on Instagram, uh, Sean, S-H-A-U-N-J Zimmer, Z-I-M-M-E-R. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for making the time, Sean. Appreciate it. Always good to see you. Yeah, my pleasure, brother. Till next time. Cheers. Set aside where they get to the stalling, house side where they get to the walking, no side for the people that's off in rustling. My boy, you know that I'm talking. Ay, rushlin', my boy, you know that I'm talking. Ay, look, rushlin', my boy, you know that I'm.
percent inside I don't trust a single soul inside Need to euthanize Sit on their ass while they loot the guys With their suits and ties We rip them off with the strength of gods If I see Nancy Pelosi or Kevin McCarthy We fighting like Budokai Yeah